Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. So since we have now reached episode 100, um, we decided to make this an episode where we reminisce. So um, do you remember when we used to hang around in your dorm room and I'd drink Surge soda and... <laughs> Um, no, actually, that's not what we're going to talk about. I don't know. I had Surge Soda. We were just talking to someone. I don't remember who we were interviewing. And they mentioned that we was, I don't know who it was, but they go, okay, you mentioned Jolt Cola, Jolt Cola in oh, a discussion. And yeah. they're like, they like, ah, you're from my generation. You know how it is. Oh, so, yeah. So I had it in my head. I had to bring up Surge because um, that was like tons of caffeine and half the taste. So. <laughs> I think you were the only person I knew who drank that. I mean, oh, God. my God, man, just get a Mountain Dew. Yeah, it was it. It was like Mountain Dew if if someone had put like grapefruit in it. Yeah, that so, sounds great. Okay, so I sufficiently didn't warn you that that's the direction I was going to go. When Probably best. Up. Yeah. So, episode one hundred. Episode one hundred. Um, yeah. I remember. I want to say I was up visiting you for um celebration and um i think we were about six episodes in by that point and we were talking to your dad who is probably one of the most brilliant people i've ever met hmm. and he said something to the effect of i've I, I i listened i have no idea what you were talking about that's right but, but i listened yeah and that's when i realized oh we've got something good because that's pretty much <laughs> what it comes to any conversation that we've had ever. That's um, funny. That most of the people will have outside of our group don't necessarily have an idea of what we're talking about. Um, Very but, true. But we started talking about doing this before. And it took us a long time to yeah. plan to a point where we recorded. We, we did it this notion of doing a podcast seemed more and more appealing to me kind of inexplicably. Uh, why would we want to actually like put our voices out there? Literally. Um, mm -hmm. It's one thing to share opinions or make arguments, but like to record ourselves, it's like mm, hard pass. But uh, I, you know, I was listening to podcasts, some of them in or around RPGs and it just sounded really interesting and it took a little while to convince you like what if we give this a shot and then yeah what i think we spent well, i know we spent about six months mm -hmm. prepping planning really just trying to get all of the pieces in order and then on april 11 2021 we released mm -hmm. our first episode episode one it is now september 4 2023 episode 100 100 100 100 and it's it's inconceivable and it's inconceivable thinking about the people who have deigned to chat with us yeah these, I mean, these past couple I, years i remember when we when i think i think when we started talking about it um I was sold on the idea when we when we made the very easy and fast decision we were not going to be a live play. Podcast. Oh no! Right away, right there away. Are, there are too many no 
rate podcast. Yeah, actual place which stuff. That's streams, thing. Yep. Yeah. And and we, I mean, we've talked about this a million times. Our our friendship went back to a theoretical, philosophical, theological discussions 30 yep. years ago where we would stay up until goodness two three in the oh, morning yeah. so maybe this really is just a, a many years later attempt to justify or rationalize or validate that we're still having those conversations all yeah. of these years later well, yeah, I, yeah you know or or to take them to the next level you know so toward that point let's talk philosophy for a sec the philosophy of the podcast so because and we're going to do some some by the numbers in a moment perhaps but um when we oh, just start before you go yeah there is so folks know there is an interview oh in yeah. this episode and it's it's a good one it's so a good just, one so bear with us and hang tight we want to very good yeah. yeah brad absolutely so. right and um it's a special one we mm -hmm. we haven't done this before we intentionally held on to this interview for this episode and our guest was so gracious and dare i say it even flattered we've had we've been sitting on this episode for almost three months we recorded it on june 19th uh-huh we've and had it's this now september 4th four. we've had this interview for almost three months and it's been burning a hole in our pocket as it mm -hmm. were and 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 you and i knew we 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 knew going into it we wanted to save this will You'll all see why. Yeah. Um, this is, yeah, we'll just get there. So yeah, thank you. That's a really important thing. Okay, so. But go back to the philosophy. Yeah, philosophy for a sec. When we set out with the podcast, we specifically, and if you go back, if you go back to everyone to our early, uh, to our early episodes, um, uh, especially in the first, the first year, really even the first, you know, 20, even the first 50, honestly more and uh, you know what sidestep it is surreal brad that we can say that and say that with a straight face i mean i remember when we hit 20 which was significant for a couple reasons it was like oh my god we're really doing this yeah that's what it was it wasn't going to be one of those things where not a flash in the pan yeah where where we were going to be like okay we've tried it we just don't it just isn't um working for us we'll move on right but it didn't work out that way it did for the better for everyone's yeah. betterment um so philosophically our our goal our shtick our perspective was looking at real life through the lens of rpgs and vice versa uh from the perspective of a couple middle-aged professionals parents etc which we thought was pretty cool that is probably the wrong word we thought it was yeah. pretty cool at the time but that was our perspective and we stuck to it and that that provided us with a focus to get started and obviously over the past 100 episodes we have by default and then eventually very intentionally stepped back from that it's not about being in any developmental bracket it's not about being professional it's not about being parents it's about interviewing creatives in and adjacent to rpgs something that we fell upon organically as you are fond of saying and that has brought both of us just immense joy so if i may so i'm going to ask you some questions along the way. let's do by the numbers quickly i have some notes here okay, okay? 
Okay. Yeah. And I'm going to Now I'm going to tell you I have the cheat sheet up here because okay. I am and I'm not, at the number. I'm not going okay. to quiz you, but okay. um I'm going to bring some stuff up and I know you're going to want to comment on them. We've got the time. So we're yeah. just going to go I've got a number of things marked down here. This is not to to disparage anyone we don't mention, but several of these stand out not episodes stand out not because of whom we interviewed early on so much as what the transitions meant for the evolution of Dyson Mind as a podcast. Episode one, April 11, 2021, we spent the first couple episodes talking about D&D intentionally because they were the 800-pound gorilla in the RPG room. And, and that's we were... what we really started playing beyond what right. we were going to what we talked about the next episode to, yep exactly to get back into it to mm -hmm. to really just get back into this now right away after episode four what we called bonus episode one ha 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 yep. was our interview with our dear friend brian colson and little did we know that he would be the first of many many interviews yep. and that this was going to become a thing and brian was gracious enough to you know, slum it for a bit, come on the podcast. It was a lot of fun um, because you guys got like and a conversation a, and, with and him. Brian actually listens. We know that because he, he'll send yeah. us messages and comment. Right. He has been a very busy person. Very yeah. busy person. He's been very, he, who's finally backing off a bit. So yeah. good for him. But at the time it was, he, he was, was extremely busy and he still joined us. Yeah. So kudos, yeah. Brian. Thank you. Oh yeah. Episode, episode Eight. Not sure why but I'm on this Before one. that. Oh, before oh, oh, that. oh, 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 sorry, sorry. That's why I missed my 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 arrow on the sheet is wrong. Yeah. Uh, bonus episode two, which obviously comes right after episode seven, right? We mm -hmm. were new at this, people. Yeah. Was then our other good friend, Dr. Aaron Peterson. He's obviously been on the on the pod a number of times now. We talk about about him uh regularly because of his And he's work a regular with collaborator with you on he right. Books. He's a yep, he's a friend mm -hmm. and our writer, right? And um oh and I should say um four days from now, our book is in print available for purchase no longer. Uh yeah, Brad, you Brad's looking at me because we're recording this a little ahead of time. Um you got the email yesterday from the publisher. It's being sent to distribution right now. So, nice. so that's great. Um, and maybe some traction on proposal number two, but we'll talk about that out there. Okay. Uh, so on, but, oh, but before you do that, let me go back because episode five, six, and seven. Oh yeah. Were we, our first foray into Star very, Trek adventures. And little did we know. And honestly, we were just kind of griping about the stuff we didn't like and glossing over the stuff we clearly liked. Yeah. Little yeah, did we know we would fall in love. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember the the, I the do. reasoning behind that. We we especially me, but we weren't. We we didn't like the two d twenty idea. Initial, but we hadn't played it. But, but we hadn't played it. Yeah, we hadn't played it. But we were one of the original things we wanted to talk about was dice mechanics. Yep, and we were both kind of coming into this, having been out of RPGs, having ideas about what we wanted in a dice mechanic. Yep. So we were ignorant, Literally. until we researched them. Yep, and then and and this is this is how this podcast has been so good for us as gamers, as as wannabe creatives, etc. Okay, so so we we interviewed Aaron. That seemed just like a really neat idea because Aaron and I had just had an article not too long before that on StarTrek.com about leadership. And it's like, oh, that kind of got a little bit of traction. Let's have him on because he really wanted didn't to be get, on. 
didn't you get like some sort of was it from that article you got like a little residual check from paramount actually never got paid for the first article they did pay us they did pay us um uh was it spec for the second one I was just gonna say it'd be cool oh, to just the fact no, that you got I'm a sorry. check from Paramount. I'm sorry, that's not true. They did. I take that back. Don't sue me, Viacom CBS. Um, they they did so. Actually, yeah, Aaron and I uh, have been paid spec by by you know. Paramount. And it was a check. I thought I thought it was because it, cool it, it has I, a, I it had Paramount as the check it, on it. it. That's I mean, why. That's is, why I bring it up. That's why I bring. You it know, up. yeah, that that was very cool, and it 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 helped me to appreciate like now um, as we're recording we're way past the hundredth day of the WGA strike and the, the SAG F whatever, all of that stuff. We're way past hundred days with that. And so many people have been writing about like how little they get with residuals. We wrote for this website and the spec was so poor. And then like, you look at these people, think of people we see on Twitter regularly who write a ton for these sites and they write a ton because they have to, to hope to make a living that that's another mm -hmm. discussion but okay then let's fast forward uh on a two years ago on september 16 2021 we took one of my older short stories that let's face Ohm. it sucked ohm uh which I, I still really like that little story we we put it out there as a short story we were curious if that was something that would bring in listeners if so we would do more of it it did not. We moved on. Episode 17, Professor Rob Kolomiski, uh, 92721. Yeah. Ohm apparently did so well enough, you didn't bother to actually close the parentheses on the date. I just had to edit it. Yeah, I just saw that. Thanks for fixing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that pretty much says it all. Um, uh, Rob was yes, on. Yes, but having um, Rob on. Oh, blew our minds with mm -hmm. his, right, as, as an artist and engineer, blew our minds with how he prepped as a GM, as a DM. Okay, episode 20, October 18, 2021. It was a big one because on the one hand, it was our 20th episode, and I honestly, neither of us really thought we would necessarily make it to 20. We figured we were gonna, mm -hmm. gonna give it a run. If it clicked, it worked. If not, yeah. it didn't. And, and, and by this point, I should mention, we were only trying to do this monthly, and then we went to week, but we almost right away bi-weekly. And we already knew we were moving to weekly at this point. But we had for EP20, Jeff Ashworth, this wonderful guy who writes these super creative resource oh, books yeah. for D&D. &D. And Jeff, Jeff was a big deal for us because we got an author. Yeah. And, and, and it was just huge. Episode 25, you talk about this one a lot. And rightly so. Episode 25, 11, 22, 21, the one and only Shelly Mazinobel from Dragon Talk. It, it, it Which to this day, I still remember. She didn't remember it last time. Yeah. She compared me to Dustin on Stranger Things. Look, uh, so. Dusty Buns, she nailed that. Yeah. Uh, but Shelly was so much fun and so gracious. And as a quote-unquote personality, I think with F25, we realized, oh, like this has legs 
people are willing to talk to us who are truly busy in other stuff. Okay, let's let's move on for a while. If we look at our episodes, we can see our focus is evolving. We're doing more and more interviews, but not really religiously until episode 35. Now yep. we're now we're in right the now we're on 13122 and we had uh editor and writer Kelly Fitzpatrick, who is just a joy. And um, we were talking about, I think, her work on the Shackleton Expanse, weren't we? We were, yes. We were, and you were geeking out about that hard at the time because you had just gotten it. The book and... had come out. It's a phenomenal mm-hmm. book yep. for STA. And with Kelly, we got into the weeds. And that was one of the first times we really got into the weeds. And at that point, episode 35, we switched almost entirely to an interview based show there mm-hmm. were some exceptions along the way where we did other things yeah. uh, something was on our mind but we were almost there um episode 45 will go down in dyson mind history because oh. Brad's smiling it was our it was our one year anniversary it just so happened that episode 45 landed on April 11, 2022, one year release date. And and if you've ever heard of this guy, Jim Johnson, the yeah. project lead and grand poobah of Star Trek Adventures with Modiphius, Jim came on. And who knew we would make a friend out of this? Oh, yeah. I mean, we had we had Chris Birch uh, yep. from Modiphius. Oh, that was, was amazing. Was Couldn't able to believe join he us. said yes. Yeah, we had... Um, right before that, we had Malcolm Shepard on from Green Ronin yep, and yep. talking about modern age and fantasy age, which such a cool um, dice mechanic and cool system. Um, we followed Jim on um, Twitter. Twitter. And then I don't remember if I reached out or you reached out. We'll have to go back and look at the. Yeah, probably look at, you. Look at the message. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I was, cause we would take turns. We, we, we tried to have some good coordination and turn into, okay, if you're going to reach out to them, I'm going to reach out to these folks. Cause right. we didn't want to, we, we tried very hard not to bunch up so that we were, re- we were recording episodes five or six times a week. Although that did happen at one point. Um, we learned our lesson the hard way. We learned our lesson, but Jim joined us. And I don't remember if it was that episode or if it was episode 49, but I seem to remember we had the conversation offline where he kind of, shall we say, uh, positively schooled us about the positives of the 2D20 mechanic. And and from the perspective of, well, well, give it a try and let me know what you think. I I legit like, and that's the thing about Jim. He legitimately is interested in feedback Mm -hmm. and i mean we've had i mean we literally we've had him on so many times uh more than any other that we sent him a smoking jacket actually the promise was a smoking jacket he ended up with a really cool ds9 hoodie um but and and well well deserved um after after that then not to gloss over a year but after that right we had you on for ep 61 uh, August 1, 2022, to talk about uh, world building, your homeland. Oh, my homeland. Yeah, you that were was, jamming for me. Yeah, um, that was kind of a bust episode, to be honest with you. It was, it was fun because we, you, we've always been into world building. But, yeah. um, you know, we've had on then over, over the following 
I mean, my God, over the following year and a half, we had on, we've had on so many writers, editors, uh, podcasters, um, mm-hmm. uh, designers, uh, psychologists, scientists, more a composers. few more composers. Composers, my God, uh, Nami and and. Uh, Nami was so sweet. This was back. Let's back up because that was like the one time I was just a total fanboy and had to tap it down. Episode, that was episode 39. Episode yeah. 39, February 28, 22. Nami Melamud, who now everybody knows about because she is a brilliant composer oh. and just the sweetest person. Uh, just such a nice person. And what she has done for what she has done for star trek because of her soundtracks Mm -hmm. cannot be overstated selfishly and eventually eventually i i've debated i'll say this on air i've debated whether to reach out to her but now that the book is has shipped and is days away from official publication um i have listened to her prodigy soundtrack hashtag safe prodigy had big time I have listened to her Prodigy soundtrack as the sole writing album now for a book and a half. Wow. That it is. I have found that the first they the, the first set, the first 10, and then they released the second 10 of mm-hmm. episodes of the soundtrack. The first soundtrack, the first release for Prodigy, so resonates. It's it's exactly the type of music that uh in my cognitive background for writing this stuff i have listened to it almost every time i have written for the past two and a half years to for for these books specifically Mm -hmm. and only to that and i'm doing that with that second book so i cannot overstate how impactful her music has been for me well and and talking to you know because I have a music background mm-hmm. um, talking to her about how she composes. And at the time, um, you know, she, I, re, I still remember in the episode, you and I kind of, I think we both had a light bulb go off at the same time because it wasn't known at the time, but she was drinking with a strange new world's mug. And you, you very subtly made a comment about, it. and then afterwards off air, she's like, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but she knew. And we talked about, you know, women and and women composers and composing. Oh, and one yes. of my favorites is Rachel Portman, who did Cider House Rules and right, right. Um, Legend of Beggar Vance, one of my favorite soundtracks. And to to see, because I, I grew up reading music. I grew up mm-hmm. studying classical music. Um, I would always get a kick out of when I got to play compositions that were done yeah by women yeah um, they brought so they brought something so so different and powerful so being able to talk to one was a big deal for me so yeah. and and yeah i mean just we so appreciate so appreciate that she spent some time with us um mm-hmm. moving on for the sake of time I, I i won't call out the dates but there are a few people that i think have to be mentioned because they were so impactful um just really cool ones um 
episode 70 bill smith right the yeah. individual behind the original star wars rpg with west end games that was that was talking that was a year ago that was talking to royalty it just that blew my mind you were you were giddy about that i was fascinated i was you played a lot of d6 That's, star wars uh, that, that was, was my, how you got into rp that was my entire experience rpg up until up until 2016. Mm -hmm. and so i had i had to get off after we were done recording because i had to get out of the way yeah and he, but you stayed on and talked uh, we should, quite you a had while. to get out of the way because of your family not because we booted you off uh, we should we should clear that mm -hmm. I, I think i ended yes. up chatting with bill for like another hour yeah um I, I mean just the gentlest brightest most creative person oh he was wow wow brilliant. i want to jump back i want to do episode 66. that's not where yeah i was that was on dr aaron mcdonald who then after we hung up was like she'd love to talk to our daughters if they're interested in stem careers yeah it's like yeah. oh that's which awesome. was awesome because my my daughter is looking at environmental science i might a, have one like that too see and then and, the other one yeah yeah and our friend ironically our friend scott his daughter is looking at the same thing see so, so i and again well we won't digress but the idea that this generation z or generation one whatever they are mm. um are looking at careers in the environment and science and they're going STEM to fix and their women they're going to fix um, what has been screwed yes up yes our generation didn't do anything about it and the our other parents ones generation not to cast aspersions they didn't know yeah. our parents generation screwed it up yeah and the generations before our generation didn't know enough in time mm -hmm. there's due toward that end eps 80 and 81 this was one of those rare times where when we stepped oh. out we have to i want to call this out we stepped yeah. out of our interview mode because we wanted to at the end of the year 2022 right in december we wanted to talk about mental health and mental health at the, at the table we were still deep in the pandemic people were struggling yeah. we knew from the traction we were getting and the retweets we were getting on twitter or x or whatever it is now we knew that people were interested and you and i had been talking about this for months and we yeah. thought you know what we we are going to talk about it candidly and um you know spoiler alert uh this december we're going to do the same thing yeah, I we, think we, we I think it's a yearly on. thing for us because it's just going to be a yearly thing. That's right. You you can see it, I, like you just said, you, it's not subtle. Um, what's nice about the RPG community is, are you typing something to me or no? I'm typing a note to me. Oh, okay. Um, hey, I just broke the fourth wall. Why not? Um, That's never happened before. Yeah, it's you can you could see it viscerally in how people write the the RPG community, the vast majority of it out there in the Twitterverse are mm -hmm. very open, welcoming, diverse yes. people. Yes. And people weren't afraid to talk about the fact that they were hurting. Yeah. And that's right. And it became very apparent that it was that it was worthwhile talking about it mm -hmm. on the show at the end of the year, which is, you know, you know this as a psychologist, it's not some um you know it's not some theoretical it's not some old wives tale or whatever the term is 
that people get down at the end of the year. Um, people yeah. get down at the end of the year. It's been, it's, that's, there's it's, been, it's, you know, there's there been studies. Yeah. And yeah. the pandemic didn't make it easier. So yeah, say, so looking forward off topic, um, like you said, we'll be doing this at the end probably of every year. Um, because now that we've got a hundred episodes under our belt, it's not like we're going to stop for a day. You know, I mean, come on. Um, yeah. couple more to call out before we move on. Um, we would be remiss if we did not mention the great Malcolm Shepard, friend of the pod, who uh, all the way back, where was I? All the way back, um, episode, have to go back, episode 36, Malcolm yeah. of Green Ronin. Um, mm-hmm. Green Ronin has been very good to us oh, uh, as a publisher. Phenomenal. And and Malcolm has been so kind to to come on. And let's be honest, first time he was on it, he was under, we could tell he was a little wary. Like who are yeah? He didn't guys? know he didn't know what he was getting into. Yeah, us. I would have been wary too. I mean, my God, yeah. look at us. But but he's been back. Uh, he's been with us numerous times, and and we'll just say there is much more green Ronin coming in future episodes. We become a we become real fans. I oh, I yeah. knew of green Ronin going back to True Twenty Days in Freeport before, um, and then um, Dragon Age, and then watching will wheaton and sam yeah. whitwer and yep um chris pramus on his on his show playing dragon age and playing fantasy age so um we've become fans of yep. that 3d6 dice mechanic and yep. malcolm's been so kind and coming on and talking through mm-hmm. and and even coming on and talking about fantasy age second edition really before it was generally announced. Oh, so. and and other things. We don't mind that Green Ronin on occasion sends us PDFs in advance. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. We we just think the world of them. And um and rest assured, there will be much more Green Ronin on Dice in Mind. Now, a f- just three more I want to call out before we start to transition to bring us up to speed. Um, again, there's so many wonderful people who have spent time with us. Um, Katie Nicolau, our first meteorologist. God, was she so much fun to talk to. Oh. Dr. Michael Wong, you can never have too much astrobiology on your show. Um, it looks, if I look at our list of episodes, it looks like Jim was on from like episode 70 to 92 without a break. I'm pretty sure that's not entirely accurate, but Jim uh, Johnson of, 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 of Modifius has just been such a good friend, as has Modifius truly. Uh, more recently, in the past months, episode 97, Matthew Strangy. I just lost strange. 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 Oh, I thought You're I was strange. just doing He's not strange. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Matthew. I was traveling two days ago. I'm still a little behind. Matthew Strang of Mongoose Publishing. I mean, again, another publisher we think the world of. We, we've been geeking out for a couple months on Traveler. Oh, and uh, I, okay. More than I've, a couple I've, months. I've, and I've yeah. spent way more than I should have. Oh, my Traveler. God. Don't tell his wife. But yeah. Matthew Strang, it, and you were so gracious. It was so much fun. And it was so much fun to talk not just about, and this is what really matters to us, not just about Mongoose and their products, but the business ethics oh, that, that he's is, instilling. Yeah. That, I mean, I wanted to talk to them just for, because they are publishing a new version of Paranoia. Um or a new edition. Yep. Yep. Um, Traveler. Traveler came to us much later in our yeah, learning really cycle. Did. 
And and it's so ironic. It's interesting because I think that we would have, if we had caught that early on, I think we would have been kind of hooked on it, just like some of these other games. Um, That's the kind of game that had we known years ago. Oh gosh, we that's the one that would have gotten oh. us into RPGing. Oh goodness sakes, yes. Yeah. But but talking, I mean, if you go, um, if you go out and look on their website, you could find in their forum State of the Mongoose. He wrote it at the end of last year, and he talks about what they've done in terms of ensuring, in effect, equality amongst the business, um, yeah. and how they treat their employees. And we talked about that because I found that even more fascinating than Traveler. Mm-hmm. And I'll be honest, I haven't even talked about the job stuff with you. I'll catch up with you later on that. Yeah. But it is it has really, that conversation has changed the way I look at companies that I'm interested in. in right, at. right. That was a very profound episode for me. And, yeah. and Matthew, thank you so much. And ironically, or interestingly enough, maybe not ironically, it's our number one downloaded episode, right? Blew away every other episode so far. Our first week downloads were yeah, the first week download of that was like two, two to two and a half times, right? Two to three times wow. most of our episodes, and the first month download um, was more than twice of its closest competitor. Says a lot about Matthew. Says a lot a lot about mongoose yes absolutely um countdown continuing two more dimension mm-hmm. uh ep 99 just the previous one we had sterling hershey of fantasy flight games and now edge yeah. studio and uh, again royalty rpg royalty for me up there because of star wars with with bill smith it was it was such an honor to be able to talk to someone like Sterling. You look at what he has done and it, I mean, I can look over, you can too. I can look over at my bookshelf and, and a majority of the games on it, he had a hand in a big hand in Um, talk about creativity off the chart. Okay. Last one between Epps 97 and 98. Uh, just recently, you know, we're going, we have to mention this before we transition to our interview. Uh, August 3, 2023, this year, just a month mm-hmm. ago, we started on TikTok what we inside call our, our working term for it is Trek Talks, but specifically yep. Star Trek New Voyages in which we are using the just released and glorious Star Trek Adventures Captain's Log solo role-playing game to generate roles to allow us to tell a narrative story based on the dice of the senior staff of the USS, what is it? It, it, USS Gunflint. Gunflint Trail. Yep. Mm-hmm. And no, is it Gunflint Trail or is it, it Gunflint? It is Gunflint Trail. Okay. You, oh, wait. Yeah, it's the Gunflint Trail. We have Superior Trail as our Oh, it, I think we did the Gunflint Trail. Yeah. You can tell we're both recording this in the evening, not our best yeah. one. But yeah. we're telling it um, we're telling it as Jim Johnson called it as an epistolary, which is which is clever. Thanks for the term here. Um, yeah. We're telling it 
flipped. So we are rolling and writing, but we're not telling the story outright. We're telling it through the lens of logs. Captain's log, first officer's log, senior staff logs. And um, that those have garnered immediate, minor, but not to be scoffed at attention. We are getting hundreds of views immediately every time we download. I know that's little picking, slim pickings for TikTok, but we're going to keep going with this for a while. Our goal is to release a new Star Trek New Voyages log, our goal, every two-ish weeks. Um, yeah. we, we're, we're, we're not there yet. We, if you haven't listened, please check it out. You can go, if you don't, TikTok, I don't. You can go to YouTube. Um, it's audio. It's got a fun set of backgrounds, courtesy of Brad. Same audio quality you're used to. Um, we're trying to tell a story, and it's courtesy of Captain's Log. I was going to just say, I think the only trivia is... Oh, what episode? Okay. Did you delete? (laughs) That was it as I as I take a drink. Uh, Well played, sir. Well played. What episode did I stupidly delete? Um, I don't remember. I would have to. Do you have it still written down? I have it written down, but I don't have it up on me. I can't. I don't remember which episode it was so several oh yes i do hold on conflict resolution yep hold on i i do have it i because we pivoted Mm -hmm. um yes i do so hold on it's the one where aaron uh we recovered so episode 86 i know i'm flipping papers flipping pages in front of the mic episode 86 conflict resolution in star wars so aaron and i um well Aaron, Dr. Aaron Peterson, had an had a chapter. He was invited to submit a proposal for a chapter to an edited book on conflict resolution in in Star Wars or through the lens of Star Wars, because Aaron is an expert in conflict resolution or conflict management. And he invited me to 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 as a second author. And it was just a joy. And so we had the two editors of that book. Uh, <laughs> who <laughs> who spent a lot of time with us it is one of the best conversations we oh, have it was had so good in we're not and i'm not I'm, trying to i'm not trying no, no, to no, tonight it was really legitimate right we're being honest aren't we it yes. was one of the best conversations it was the five of us that we have had in an interview i made a mistake in my workflow i was probably a little tired i almost immediately within half an hour after I deleted the whole thing. And uh, we couldn't we tried to recover. We I tried for a day. I was up late. I was downloading programs. Brad was helping. Nothing. Anyways, they were gracious enough. So um in the future, before much longer, we yeah, will have, have we will have our friends on that book back um for for a discussion on Star Wars in conflict resolution because um although if you go to look at notes, I made sure that that I flagged that one. Thank so you very much. Remember, good job. So, uh, mm-hmm. good call. Uh, it, it, although they did turn down our proposal for the second book, um, we still like them, and we still really want to have them back on the podcast. Oh yeah, it was just such a good one. Okay, 
that was a lot of me going through the numbers. I'll shut up now. No, I think I think that was that was quite good. I mean, you know, there have been so many great episodes. Having Laurie Elster from oh, so that, much fun. You know, what episode um, was that? That was episode sixty-four. Man, episode seventy-three. We had Shelley Mazenoble back with Greg Tito, and that was talked. they were great. They were great. That's the one where we had, you used to put out the teasers and then we just realized they didn't need to do that. But that was yeah, one of yeah. the best teasers where we were talking about steamrolling. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that was fascinating because, because their book was coming out and That's so much fun. Yeah. It was a, it was a great read too. Um, I think, you know, to be honest, Thomas Maroney on episode 79, who, it's a good thing we designer. got him before he became the most popular person in the world. Yes. Yes. And designing the ships oh. along, you know, um, that I loved because they were in Star Trek Online. And goodness gracious, they ended up in Picard. So, I mean, his work is now so much of it is canon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, oh, I played. So I played the Enterprise F. I can't remember what does what um, uh, what ship design that was, what class of ship it was. But I have it in STO. I played oh, it inquiry in class. Yes, I played an inquiry mm-hmm. class if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. Whatever the case is, seeing some of the ships in the show that I was quite familiar with playing STO as much as I did, um, so cool so very very cool oh man i mean it's just we're so grateful for everybody who has spent time with us and we um as as we move now more deeply into episode 100 we are grateful for all of you who have spent the time listening to us whether it's been a few Mm -hmm. episodes or it's been inconceivably all of the episodes there is a lot more to come. We are just, I mean, when I say we are just getting warmed up, speaking of getting warmed up. Well, we, don't, don't put an explicit tag on this episode. Let's keep it clean. I'm wow, putting in all I my, just, yeah, I, I, just, <laughs> I just, I just put in a bunch you of could filters. Have, you, I on, wish people, I wish people could this see is why we don't do when, video. I, when I did that. Cause literally I always joke about, about like Kaufman grin where it's just it the eyes squint a little bit the 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 smile comes out and he had that except the mouth was open a little bit because he just didn't quite know how to there were two maybe three comments that instantly came to mind (laughs) none of which would have been appropriate so put your shirt back on we're gonna move forward all right as he spits his water all over his keyboard um or or vodka, probably water. Okay, so <laughs> he's muting because he's coughing. Diet cherry Pepsi. <laughs> oh my god! Oh well, at least you're, at least you're man enough to admit it in public. Diet. What's wrong with diet cherry? Pepsi. Come on! It sounds awful. Though I did oh, used to like diet. Quite, I I used to like cherry coke back in the day. It's quite actually. good, and it's a, I like I like cherry coke too. It's just a it's a little um, less stressful on my. Oh, than um, like coffee. Yeah, yeah, and fair enough. and and I allow myself one, but I have gotten into a bad habit over the past couple of weeks because I've been trying to increase my uh, vitamin B. Yeah, so you've been drinking a lot of beer. No, oh, um, zero sugar, uh, monster beverages. Oh, not healthy. So, um, 
not healthy. For, for the most part, it's 250 to 400% of right. your vitamin B, B12, B6, whatever. Um, less caffeine than the other ones. I can't drink uh-huh. Red Bulls or anything like that. Again, it, it, it's been kind of a short-term thing. Yeah. Um, because Meanwhile, soon... he walk, Brad walks around the house during the day yelling, <laughs> I'm fine, I'm fine, even though no one's in the room. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could see you could see this high 200 pound guy crawling on the walls like spider-man you know so spider not in the tights spider i sing that sometimes and my girls are like uh, what okay um yeah we should just move on let's let's uh let's talk about let's talk about our interview let's talk about our interview now yeah so brad we've been sitting on this like you said for almost three months june 9th. Who, who do we have uh this evening for our interview. We have um, Drew Nichols, who is um, editor and associate producer with Star Trek Picard. Season three. Um, season three. Yeah. You'll hear him talk about this in the interview. Um, edited some of our favorite episodes mm. of Picard. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to hear great stories. Um, you know, I had to go back and actually pull the raw audio because you and I sh- have a shared location where we mm-hmm. store all this. Um, Cause I wanted to listen to parts of it. Um, I got him talking about the posters on his wall. Cause yeah, those it, are shows that he worked on. It was that interesting of an interview. He showed us his editing setup. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause he does it all remotely from outside yeah. of. Yeah. He, he, and, and you know, one of the things that, drew us to ask him if he'd talk with us was he to your point he's an editor he's yeah. a television editor and you and i were like what's that yeah i mean we've seen it on, we've we've heard of it and let's be honest people you, we've we've seen on tv people who are who are editors mm-hmm. of multimedia television and so on we had no idea what that all entailed and you'll you'll hear us you'll hear us in the interview because as we're talking with him um oh, i mean he's he's to blame literally for much of what made picard season 3 what it was we had no idea and and to be clear we we tried to keep it a timely chat to not waste his time and like he would have stayed. I mean, he oh, was he, just. We, we kept talking after we finished for, for quite some time. Yeah, and you'll hear him talk about how he got connected with Terry Metalis, yeah. and how he ended up. Um, he was on Twelve Monkeys. He was on, and how it kind of just moved along. How his career moved along to a point where he's been working with Terry on a couple projects. Yeah. So, um, this one was a. I mean, this was a fascinating episode and we haven't really told anybody no. um, that. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, even if we told our wives what it was, they wouldn't have any idea. Um, all my wife worries about is, is that I'm going to be out of her way for an hour or so every night, which gives her a little an hour's worth of peace when I'm down here recording. That's um, right. But this is one of those episodes where this happens a lot with me, but this one especially, um, I came out of it with kind of a a self-generated endorphin high from the conversation, you know? Uh, Yeah. I I mean, this, 
to to spend time with Drew and for him to be so eager and willing to talk and to to really literally peel back the layers of the onion of what his work is about and what this what this aspect of the industry is about and then to do it with something that is so near and dear to us as Picard season three um it was absolutely fascinating it was I I agree I remember coming up it's funny you say that I remember coming upstairs to my wife to Amy and she's like how was it and I was like yeah like just it's like that was amazing and yeah it was it it was just so interesting yeah so so why uh, don't we if if you're okay why don't we head over yeah we got to just stop talking and get there so Mm -hmm. uh everybody here we go Drew Nichols is a television editor and most recently an associate producer on season three of Star Trek Picard. Drew started off in reality and documentary programming about 15 years ago and transitioned into scripted television as an assistant editor on great shows like Mad Men, True Detective, 12 Monkeys, and MacGyver. Drew, thanks for joining us straight from the Midwest now from when we were talking earlier before we hit record. Mm-hmm. You're here in the Midwest like Jason and I are, so are you getting ready? You're going to you're going to have winter now. You're going to have to deal with winter uh, again. Oh, so, yeah. Well, I mean, first we got to get some summer here, which is the humidity back yeah. in. I mean, I'm from the I'm from the East Coast originally, so yeah. it feels like putting on some old shoes. I mean, yeah. Sometimes I don't know if I like the old shoes, but <laughs> you, you know how the old shoes fit. Uh, yeah, yeah. We got to get through the humidity. Luckily, the kids, uh, you know, they were born. My kids were born in Los Angeles, so they've never seen snow. Oh, that's ever. cool. That's so awesome. Yeah, so this winter was cool because they got to build some snowmen, which they're oh, you've been there experts then. at. You've yeah, been yeah. there through one season already. Then yeah, yeah, okay. through winter. Yes, okay. Through winter, okay. we got through spring, and now it's going to be summertime. So the humidity is starting and that's yeah. going to be interesting yeah. and then and then we'll do it all over again and that'll be the test to see if the kids are if they're over it by year two by the <laughs> if they're like, over what's with this cold <laughs> <laughs> boots and snow pants and the whole bit yeah. i i live in yeah. i live in minnesota and so i find myself in the winters especially when others start to complain i'm like people this is a life choice right we're all here by right. by will you know it's, or it's by, well, we by me, it's by force, but um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know, but hey, again, I sidetracked us. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for joining us tonight. You have a interesting background um, in the editing us. world, yeah. yeah, and and obviously you've edited some shows that that we're familiar with. We'll get to. <laughs> um, there's this this Star Trek show. Out there some people have probably, watched it. Right? Yeah, some people have watched it. But you know, in all honesty, you know, we've we've read some on I we've seen some of your background online and all that. But um, if you don't mind, talk to us. How did you end up getting into this realm where you're doing editing or, and producing or even and so even if you don't mind, because this really intrigues us, what is editing in television? Because I don't think it's at all clear to us. Yeah, sure. I'll start I'll start with brad's question first here about the the getting into it because that will lead into what it actually is um yeah growing up uh you know i grew up on the east coast outside of philadelphia and i always had two two passions which were movies and music um Mm -hmm. i love to uh make 
you know, movies with my buddies. We get a camcorder, my dad's camcorder usually, and, you know, shoot a bunch, you know, take turns writing scripts, shoot some stuff, edit mm-hmm. things together on tape decks, basically back and forth, you know, hooking VCRs together. That was the wow. technology. Um, and then in school, I really loved music. I was, uh, I played clarinet, I played saxophone. Um, I was pretty good at clarinet, at least I think. I mean, I was, yeah. you know, became kind of concert master in my high school, you know, orchestra. And, um, and I also loved playing drums. My All my friends played drums. They played, you know, percussion in band and they all played a drum line. So mm-hmm. while I was playing clarinet and saxophone, I was like, well, drums are cool too. So let me, let me play some, I'm going to play some drums with my friends. Um, so I would do marching band, drum line, nice. and then drum set, you know, that was kind of mm-hmm. just kind of rolled all into it. And then, so again, all my friends are musically inclined. So we played a lot of music growing up in bands. Um, I just was fascinated by the drums. So I kind of just became the drummer. My other friends were like, oh, learn guitar, I'll learn bass. We'll kind of do a band. Yeah. We you know, play some songs. And um, so, you know, so when it came time to for college, I, I mean, again, I was really, you know, I was really, you know, good at clarinet. And I was thinking maybe this is, uh, maybe this is something I want to do professionally. And so I, I kind of researched into it. Like, what does that mean to be a yeah. professional musician? And it was seeming like it was going to be real hard. Like you have to be the best of the best to even have a shot. And I was, you know, I think, I think luckily, I think I was aware enough to kind of be like, I don't know if I'm in that range specifically. So I was like, well, what other stuff is there? You know, what other kind of interesting creative stuff? I love, you know, being creative. Um, And so film school was an option. Well, I love making movies. and, And thankfully my parents who, are not i mean my dad's an accountant my mom's an actuary this stuff was about as far from them as they could fathom as far as like what is you know film school what what kind of job are you going to have um and i was like well i don't know i'll figure it out but it just sounds kind of interesting and cool and and thankfully they just went along with it i mean they were just like yeah but do it have at it and let's see what happens we trust you know your work ethic and your passion and we, you know, we have a good feeling that you'll find something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I went to film school uh, at Syracuse University, mm-hmm. and um, and it, I was lucky there because I think the the, the department there was cool because they were very much you, 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 you know, there was no look like you're not going to do one specific thing. It was like yeah. you're going to do a little writing, you know, a little do it a little directing, and do a little producing, and learn what producing is all about. They kind of like took you through everything. You're going to learn yeah. a little law. You know, law classes, like, you know, communications cool. law was part of the whole thing. So you kind of got this well-rounded kind of yeah. burst thing of the entire entertainment industry, which was which was very cool. Um, in college, I met a buddy who we were playing music. We made, you know, we're in a band together. And so when college was done, my buddy was like, well, let's, let's be rock stars. And I was like, well, let's do it. So we just loaded up our cars and we drove to Los Angeles. Oh, my God. With all of our belongings. <laughs> <laughs> we crashed on a buddy's couch and uh you know we're playing gigs obviously you need some money so through some people at film school from syracuse that they had also moved to los angeles to do uh you know entertainment work mm-hmm. um i just still found myself in a reality tv company as a night assistant editor just kind of you know recording tapes popping tapes digitizing yeah. footage um and doing some some string outs and putting stuff on timelines and you know, kind of very menial type stuff. But 
I got to see everything and I got to see all mm. the editors projects and their timelines, what they were working on. Um, and I think that's when it started to click that there was something very cool about editing um, where it's very musical. There's a lot of music to it. There's a lot of filmmaking because you're kind of bringing all the pieces together. And it's like, this is where it all comes together here at this point. Um, and so it's something just clicked with that for me. And that was kind of, that's, that was the beginning of my journey, but you know, I just kind of came into it. And it's like a weird, a weird angle. Like it was, it was never meant to be that, but, wow. but once I got into it, it was kind of like, well, this is awesome. You know, what, what else, what can we do here? And, and, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, so, you know, to your, you know, question about Jason, what, what is editing? It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's, it's the culmination of, right. of, the whole process um you know i think they say you know there's three you know three drafts of a script basically in any production it's the script that's written originally uh it's the script that they shoot and then it's the script that you end with okay. after the edit when you know you've gone through everything and you know pulled out pieces and rearranged things and mm -hmm. and now you have the final the finished uh you know the finished thing so it's kind of like it's yeah it's kind of the culmination of the whole project which is which is pretty cool because it feels like you're kind of at the center of everything which is which is fun you know for a movie geek like me who just is just in all of the whole thing and you know i still get right. geeked out when you get to go to set or you see you know camera cranes yeah. or steady cams you're like this is so cool like this is the coolest thing ever you know you're, i'm just a kid about it so it's fun to just Kind of be in the center of that of you know of the whole thing you so uh, as we're recording this um because it'll be a little while on purpose until this comes out uh because we're you know we're timing this for our 100th but you posted on twitter quite recently uh i was gonna say a screenshot a photo of like it looked like your workstation right with with the picard episode on the and but in the editing software and all that and your stuff and i mean like i saw that and it's like okay i'm so glad we're talking to you because this looks absolutely fascinating so help me understand this help us understand this so as an editor and as as like the editor on on a bunch of these episodes so by the time again and just stop me when i go off the rails here when i'm totally wrong when it goes to you the filming is there the soundtrack is there presumably you've talked a lot to the director showrunner whatever i mean you must under you must have to understand like what their vision is i mean you take all of that and then try to make it what it's expected to be yeah and in some ways it's it's not there yet you know soundtrack mm -hmm. is not done usually until after we're done you know that, Wait, that's when steven and freddie yeah that's when they that's oh when God. they really get into it um so a lot of editing oh. is uh, is temping is temp, temp music, which is which is pulling from all kinds of different sources, different right. film soundtracks. Uh, we did a fair amount from previous Star Trek uh, as well. But you know, I think Terry Terry really wanted this to be its own thing. He didn't want it yeah. to just be a rehash of yeah. you know of classic Star Trek musically. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, so so th those are things that you have to find in the edit is is adding music to it to kind of convey the tone the tempo of what's going on um yeah and to your question i mean before we even start a lot one of the processes is we'll usually have a tone meeting uh, and that'll be with the director and the showrunner and we'll talk about 
you know, the themes of not just the episode specifically, because each episode sometimes will have its own kind of, you know, mini arcs or, or, you know, idea that, that it's kind of, you know, trying to do. We'll also talk about the arcs of the entire season and, and how this fits into that. Um, so you can go into it with that knowledge about what the intent is between, you know, behind a lot of it, because that informs your editing as far as, you know, what do lines, what does the line really mean? They're saying something, but what is it? What are they actually saying? And to know that going into it, it just takes all that talk beforehand and just getting into, you know, with with television, getting into the showrunner's head about what, what are they going for with this? You know, where is this going? Um, So we have all of that. And then, you know, and then sound is exactly the same way as music. We're just adding stuff. You know, I, I lean on my, my assistant editor, Justin Block, who's amazing that, you know, part of the process will be I'll edit picture and the scenes. And then usually I'll give him scenes and say, you know, Hey, do a sound pass of this. And, I'll, and a lot of times I'll add markers of things that I'm thinking yeah. of and, you know, ideas, but really I lean on him to just go to town. And so he'll add backgrounds, he'll add beeps, he'll add, you know, the door switches, he'll add, you know, phaser blasts, skip hits, the whole nine. He'll basically go in and create that, yeah. you know, pulled from, different sounds and, and things that we have. Yep. And then that's just kind of like a, a blueprint for the sound team. And then we give that to the sound team. And then okay. so that way they see kind of where everything is. And then they just go bananas with it. I mean, truly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's incredible. The things, the details that they put into this stuff are just mind boggling when you hear, you know, sound wise. I th- And I, I'm obviously not, I mean, I'm not even educated on this at all, but I've like, this was apparent to me from like the first episode of season three of Picard and people have been writing about this I've seen already the I don't even know what to call it Drew the audio for just writ large for that season the it was so environmentally immersive not just the soundtrack which is off the chart I mean I oh my god I mean we could just talk right that's not your shtick but oh my god but all of that audio it it just it was that was just, I'm sorry, that's the best Trek I think has ever done at putting you in an oral environment. When you're watching that show, it really, it sounds like you're there. It, the beeps and squeaks aren't like sweetening it. It's like, oh yeah, that's just normal. That That's amazing. Cause I mean, that that is really what we were going for with it. It was like, when we're on the Titan, we want to feel right. like we're on the Titan and we want to we want to hear all that of the the quintessential Star Trek sounds, but but in a way that's just kind of more texture and it's just it's more feeling. It's not in our face. It's it's just there. And I think they did a beautiful job in the mix and with sound design of of achieving that. It's it's a it's it's amazing to to hear because that, that's kind of what we were going for. And it's hard for us because we're so close to it. Like we know where all the beeps are. Like. I can point out where the Sputnik sound is going to happen because we've placed them all. So it's like, you know, it kind of, it's kind of lost on us. So it's nice to hear that, that that came through for you guys. Cause that was absolutely the intent with it. You and I, you and I oh. talked about this too. Oh, we geez. did right away. Yeah. Cause we would talk after every, every episode and there was just I, the, the, it's not the right word, but you're pulled into the ambiance of mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is really what it mm-hmm. was. You know, you aren't, I think you kind of, Jace, you kind of said it too, you weren't hit with the beeps and the buzzes and all of that, no. but it just drew you into 
the story further just because it it existed around you even if it weren't running it on dolby atmos or anything it still hit you you know so Uh, if if we can talk about tone for a moment because you you mentioned that a few times um uh you had sent us you were just so gracious about this you sent us a while ago the the list as i said the list of episodes you edited and i mean like you got you did all i mean they were all good but my god you did all of the good ones but tone wise i mean it's across the entire canvas what what really stuck out to me or sticks out to me is you know you did 310 which is the last generation which i'm sorry it it i'm a little biased i'm a tng guy i'm a picard guy don't get me wrong i am i'm so so pleased i, I absolutely love strange new world right i mean oh i so pleased but the next the, sorry the last generation 310 might be the single best trek episode yet i it's just it's so ridiculous that okay wow. so you edited that but you also edited 307 dominion which like as a story really stands out in that season right from beautiful storytelling but the feel of that one um obviously beautifully acted right but the feel of that one is like the antithesis of something like the last generation and i'm curious as an editor like i mean what's that i don't even know the questions to ask you what's that process like for you how do you how do you get into that mind space or create that to to create because i mean to create such different tone but that has to you know weave across the series or even right or e- even in an episode yeah no and that and that's you know th- that's where these some of these tone meetings can really be beneficial for 307 dominion for instance is like that was terry's big thing before we did the episode was you know th- this is where we want to get into vatic and we want to sympathize with vatic in a real in a right. weird way we want her to be a victim of this actually right. So she's not just a mustache twirling supervillain, but that there's something beyond that. And it's it's hard because Amanda is so good. She's so captivating. And she to like to make her feel like a victim, it's really tough to get in there with her because she's just so intense with everything. And up to this point, you've looked at her only in one way, basically. So it was really trying to find those moments with her and her performances as an editor is amazing because I think I put this on Twitter too. Every single take is completely different for her. She just gives you every, every shade of the rainbow, all of it. You know, she's super intense with one. She's, she's way more laid back in another one. But what's great is that you can start to pick and pull from different things to try to, you know, rookie as an editor that are you doing a lot of that choosing? Yeah. So, you know, so the, the process really is that, you know, um, that we, we get all the footage in. So uh, the first cut is called the editor's cut and that's all me. That's all me and Justin. We're just kind of, we're doing all of our own stuff. Basically we've not, you know, we've had maybe conversations with the director a bit about, you know, but the director hasn't seen it yet. Uh, and usually this is the cut that has everything in it. All the lines are in it, all the scenes, everything. Um, but in this cut, this is where, you know, I'm cutting the scenes, but if I'm finding something that I think is interesting, I'm, I'm presenting it. It's my cut. I'm presenting it. Um, and then, and then we get to work with the director and what's fun with the directors is that a lot of times 
they have their own ideas and my ideas are slightly different, but that's great because then we can talk about it and then we can, we can understand why, you know, why I did it this way. And I can understand why they wanted this. So then you can start to to mold it and shape it and it starts to change a little bit. Um, And then you get in, you know, and then you present this stuff to the showrunner or to Terry and then he has his own ideas with it, you know, that he's like, well, this is cool, but what if we did this? You know, what if we did this? What if we tried this? Uh, and there's lots of that with Terry, which is awesome as an editor because you get to really explore all the footage. So, so yeah, in, in picking some of those choices, that yeah, that's all on me, basically. You know, I get wow. five takes and I'm, I'm just kind of putting together what I think are the best, wow. you know, most honest performances or, or things that are, that are going towards the tone. Um, you know, and sometimes the tone will shift later on and then we, you know, we change or scenes will get removed and then, you know, it has to change to a different way. And so that's also part of the process for me is changing a scene. All the words are the same, but now we want it to feel like it's, it's leaning a different way. So what performances can we change to now make it turn, you know, turn over? Oh, actually, I don't know if this character is honest anymore. Whereas before they totally were, but, but maybe when we want to sow a little deceit here, so how can we do that? So there's okay. these fun little things that come through in the process where you, you know, where the, the cut is constantly kind of moving around and changing. Do you, are you at the point when you're doing those edits where, you know, you're, you're doing your edit before it goes to the showrunner and work on that. All of the takes have been done. Are there situations where, after you're doing your edit and you're talking like with, with Terry or someone like that, you're like, okay, we need, you might need to go back and re reshoot a couple scenes. Does it, that happen regularly or is that? Um, not, not to that extent. Usually what it'll be is we should shoot some inserts or some pickups. And, and what an insert is really, is just like a close up of a hand doing something or excuse me, a screen, you know, that's, that's, you know, has something on it. Um, and so, that'll be something that we'll say after the fact, Hey, let's go get this. Maybe it might be cool to have a shot of this, that, that helps, you know, really tell the story. And with track, especially it's like, let's get some screens because, you know, you can always lean on a good screen to tell you some information in a beautiful way because the graphics and VFX departments were just next level on this. Um, And let's, let's look at some of their beautiful work because it's incredibly beautiful. Um, so it's more of that type of, you know, little bits of stuff, but, but yes, there is times where the scene, usually it's when the scene changes after the fact, you know, where Terry will come in and be like, you know, I was talking to the writers, you know, I think we have a different thing with this, we should, we should try to change this. Let's see if we can make it happen. If not, we'll go do some pickups and try to, but that doesn't happen, you know, very often, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you in effect have your, you, I'm using incorrect terminology but you have your inventory of footage in effect and then that way that gives you by the time you're doing the edits you know on occasion you might have to go back like you said and and do some filler or that but you have your catalog you can work your way that way so yes so so you had obvious i'm gonna i'm gonna backtrack here a second so obviously we'll come back to picard but you have two posters behind you and i don't want to um to forget about those because those are two of the shows that you really got started working on one is mad men and then 12 monkeys so yes. and that's how you came to know terry if i recall with 12 monkeys right correct yeah and it's it actually is through mad men that that all happened mad men is the catalyst to all of it basically yeah to my uh to my my scripted editing career 
Uh, so yeah, go, going back, um, you know, working in reality TV, uh, I was editing reality TV. Um, and, you know, I was just curious about making the jump at some point to get into scripted. I was curious to see if I could do it. Um, and, and what that would, you know, what that was, would be like, because these are shows that I loved watching. I mean, Mad Men, I loved watching. Um, so it was like, wouldn't it be fun to be, to be a part of something. So, um, uh, so I known a sound, uh, sound editor who worked on Mad Men. Um, and I just asked him, I said, Hey, would you mind asking the editors? Like, can I just send them an email and just, just, you know, introduce myself and just kind of ask for advice about how do they get their start? Yes. And, you know, um, and so he, he did. And, and all the editors were like, absolutely sure. They all got back to me. They were wow. super gracious with their time. Yeah. Um, and one of the editors, Christopher Gay, uh, was, you know, I was like, Hey, do you want to, you know, he lived kind of close. I was like, Hey, do you want to get like, get, can I buy you lunch and just like, you know, pick your brain. And he was like, absolutely. Like super generous with this time. Um, so we, we talked, we had lunch. Um, he had said at that point, he's like, he's like, look, I got this indie film that I'm doing with the buddy. My buddy's directing. He's like, there's no money. Uh, he's like, and I was going to be my own assistant editor, but you know, are you interested at all? He's like, I can take you through the ropes. You know, I can let you cut some scenes. Um, you know, I can kind of take you through the whole process if you're interested. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Um, so I did this indie film with him. It's called uh, sex ed with Haley Joel Osment. Um, and he let me cut some scenes. He, you know, when my scenes would come up, he would let me jump in the editor's chair with the director and be like, this is Drew's scene, you know, give him notes and, you know, let's get into it with him. Um, and so, you know, I must have impressed because at the end of that process, he was like, so uh, my assistant editor on Mad Men, he can't make it for the first half of the final season. Would you be interested in, in you know, in, in coming on being my assistant editor? I was like, yeah, I mean, you're crazy. Like, absolutely. Awesome. Um, so, so he was, you know, he just, he took a shot on me, you know, really, I had no experience. So he took a shot on me and he, you know, he brought me on to Mad Men. Uh, we had a fantastic working relationship that show is just amazing to be in the room and see how Matt works and you know how the show comes together I mean just I mean it was really one of my favorite shows so you had to pinch yourself like daily that you're like I'm here you know they shot down at LA Center Studio so we were right by the sound stage so you just walk out and you'd be like oh there's the cast they're doing a stage change and you're just like this is not him it's right there like this is it was like I can I can't believe I get to do this this is amazing um so, um, so after Mad Men was done, Chris, he's like, yo, so I have this interview on the show, 12 Monkeys, a time travel show. At that point, it was season two. Uh, he's like, would you want to do it with me? And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds cool. You know, I'm like, oh, it's a good time travel. I'm like, it sounds interesting. Um, so I jumped into season two as an assistant editor on, on 12 Monkeys. Um, got to work with Terry a little bit. Um, and then one of the other editors had a, had a, a you know, a personal problem and, and they had to leave the show. So Chris was like, all credit to Chris. Chris was like, Terry, you should give Drew a shot. You should absolutely give him a shot. Um, and he's like, I'll be here to answer his questions. And, you know, and I think at that point, you know, Terry had, tr you know, grown to trust Chris, even just the mm -hmm. short time that, you know, we worked together. So he was like, let's, let's, let's do it. I mean, and that was the real sink or swim at that point. Cause it was like, there's no net here. You know, mm -hmm. if I blow this, then, you know, it's, it's back to, you know, Chris had filled his position. It's like, I'm not going back there. So like, this is it now. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, I just, I don't know. I, I, you know, it was a lot of late nights in the edit bay. I'll say that much, uh, worked, worked my hardest. And, and then I, you know, I, I think quickly, 
kind of got Terry's trust with that. And then we did, you know, season two, three, and four of 12 Monkeys. And I think that's really where our trust and our relationship was, was forged because it's a time travel show and it was super well-written. I mean, really, those guys went above and beyond to map out all the time travel stuff. But inevitably, there would be something right. that came up right. after the episode was shot where you're like, this, you know, a writer would come and be like, this storyline doesn't make any sense anymore because of this that we missed. And it was like, okay, how do we, how do we fix this? So there was a lot of, of putting our heads together and be like, what can we do? Can we move scenes around? You know, can we, you know, can we, can we roto somebody out of the scene entirely? Can we remove them from the scene, uh, you know, to do something else? Um, so there's all kinds of tricks that we employed doing that, that I think um, it, it just really showed what you're able to do in the edit, which is kind of anything. I mean, really. <laughs> Amazing. It, it's just, it's just fascinating to me how, yeah. you know, as someone outside of this realm, you know, the term editor just doesn't, for a layperson, that just doesn't really cover everything that you do. There's just a whole creative component to it and this interactive component. And the other question, obviously, you know, moving between the episodes of whether it was Mad Men or 12 Monkeys or, or Picard, we're using just those three examples, not anything else at the moment. We're not trying to limit your career. We're just you know, right. fascinated. You work with so many different directors. You have yeah. to have a feel and you have to it almost, you know, it's almost like a new job every time a new director comes in. And I imagine you obviously have some recurring directors you've worked with, but even amongst those shows, you have first time directors too, and you have to yes. kind of get their feel, right? Yeah, totally. And and that's, it's kind of the, the fun of television editing is to interact with, with different directors and, and get their, you know, their things that they like, the things that they don't like, the, the way that they work, the way that they see you know, the material sometimes because it's different from the way I saw the material, mm -hmm. which is great. I mean, more perspective is always, is always a welcome thing. It's a, it's, a it's a true collaboration, especially in the edit. I mean, the edit is like the collaboration. I mean, that's all the departments were all feeding into the, you know, yeah. to the making the final thing. Um, so I, I enjoy working with the directors and the thing that I always, you know, tell directors when we start working is, like they get their director's cut. You know, we get four days together and we get to do our cut and it's, it's their cut. So I say, whatever you want to do with this, you know, we have the editors, the editor's cut has all everything. It's got all the lines and all the scenes. If there's scenes you want to lose, if there's lines you want to lose, if there's things you want to rearrange, let's do it. Like, let's just play with it. Let's see where we can take it. And then let's present that. And, you know, they're either going to like it or they're not going to like it. And if they don't like it, you know, well, here's what the original scene was. And, and here's why we did, you know, X, Y, and Z with it. So it can be fun, you know, with directors sometimes because you can just kind of push the material in ways that you didn't really think it was, mm -hmm. but you have that collaborator with it. So it's not just me yeah. doing it where I'm just kind of guessing on it. You have someone else to kind of talk with and, you know, and, and shoot ideas around. So working with the directors is is really cool because you just kind of get to see what you got play with the play-doh a little bit you know mm -hmm. what what are we working with here you know what what's good what's you know what's not working so well um and i think most of the time that that translates over with the showrunner who they, they they're usually mm -hmm. responsive to that um before before we started recording you uh you 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 mentioned being on set right uh yeah, for for picard um and we can talk about that but i have kind of a more general question about that as as editor 
do you tend to then be on or around set much? I mean, does that does that play a role, or was it with Picard? I mean, who wouldn't want to be on that set or those sets? But I'm just I'm curious, just in general. Yeah, in TV, not as much. Usually, because the timelines are, you know, oh. the, because we're usually working on multiple episodes at once. Oh, okay. And so, the, you know, the time we have is pretty, you know, it's pretty valuable. And it's usually used up in the cutting room. But, um, but yeah, when you get to do it, it's cool. You know, on Mad Men, we were we were right next to this to the sound stage, so we mm-hmm. could just walk over to the sound stage, and and sometimes that was helpful when they would shoot something and maybe the director was like, Hey, do we need something else for this? You know, I'm thinking we got it, but, but what do you think? Did you want to get something else? You know, and then you can kind of, you could just kind of stand there and just a video village and just watch what they were doing. And go, well, maybe if you want to get this while you're here, if you can, that would be great. But you know, um, so there was some of that, but no, a lot of the the set visits for us are, are, are more fun and to see. <laughs> so like on Picard, okay. you know, we were, I think we, I think we took, we all, it was kind of a field trip for the whole post-production department. We all just kind of took the day off and we're like, we're going to go down to set and just hang out and see, walk all the sound stages uh, and see what they were shooting. Yeah. And that day was, they were shooting on the board cube. So oh. it was a double, it was a double whammy of, we were on the Enterprise D set and the board cube, yeah. uh, both of which was like, it, you know, it was over a year ago. And so we couldn't, reveal any of that i mean major 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 spoilers that we couldn't reveal at all so it was a little usually it's very laid back i think i think we were all a little tense on the enterprise d and the board cube that we're like are we gonna is someone going to spoil this before it comes i I don't know how i remember when when those episodes started dropping and because you brad you and i talked about this like literally like how how did they possibly keep this secret? I don't understand. I have no idea. I'm so glad it I have no that idea. Way. Yeah, but <laughs> me too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you remember? I how know Terry was on pins and needles with it. Like, I, is it, this is never going to happen, right? We're never going to keep this under wraps, right? Somehow, <laughs> Apple can't keep the latest iPhone out of right, out of the, right. Out of the, you know, out of the <laughs> spoiler pages, and so um, you know, when when it when it came up, I mean, even when like episode nine came up, and I'm uh, and. I have the bad habit of texting Jason during the episode with the wows and the the profanity, right. you know, the, the the gratuitous things. And Jason keeps saying, "Wait till the end. Wait. Till, just, did you just, see the end yet? Did you see? The, <laughs> wait till the end." Yeah. And and I'm like, "How did how did we not? I mean, that's just absolutely crazy that everyone was able to do yeah. such a good job of keeping of keeping that embargo going for as long." As but you, you know, just switching a little bit though, in all seriousness, back to though like nine and ten and whatever. And Brad, and it's true. I we get a lot of texts. I knew when Brad was watching. It's like you're not just watch the episode, and then like like <laughs> it's it's yeah. But I mean, neither of us are criers, right? Um, although TNG and whatnot are very very close to our hearts. Um, but as are the other shows and one i think the beautiful thing about picard one of the things is that it i mean i mean my god what terry did in terms of bringing like it actually brought them all together right like you had your ds9 you had your voyager and you know people like us we'd been waiting what 25 years for for some connection beyond headcanon right and like the little hint in nemesis for example but 
uh, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but, and my, my wife thinks this is just ridiculous, as I know yours does. There were a few times over season three where each of us respectively literally shed a few tears. And I can't think of any higher compliment as just, you know, a geek who watches Trek, but to be moved by a season like that for all the right reasons i have to assume a lot of that is editing obviously the directing and the acting and the writing that all goes without saying but the way that it tied together it was moving so many times oh that's that's so that's so nice to hear because you know i mean we're we're feeling it as we're putting it together a lot of times um yeah it's you know i also i mean i i like I like to think editing is we're, we're in service of the actors as best we can. You know, I think a lot yeah. of the tricks yeah, that yeah. we employ, uh, you know, fluid morphs and split screens and these little like these little like invisible tricks that you may not see. It's all to service them. Um, and, you know, and and through doing it, you know, we're super immersed in it as far as like watching all the takes. And so we were certainly feeling it, too, in some of the scenes of getting very emotional ourselves about having to watch the actors keep doing this and it was so real like for all of them i mean for the next gen cast they, they just stepped right back in these roles as if you know as if nothing happened but also as if a lot of time had happened and so their characters had changed and had different shades to them uh that they just were bringing constantly and so it was emotional for us. It, and I'm so glad it translates because sometimes, you know, again, we get very close to it and, you know, things you're thinking are working, you're really hoping that the audience is going to, you know, react to it as well. Because, yeah, there was just some, I mean, powerful performances this season. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to verbalize this right, but but it drills down too because Jason and I aren't necessarily, and this is not a knock, we just aren't the type that go to cons and dress up and do anything no. who, who really really just are on edge about it right. you know but we both live and breathe this stuff in many yep. ways beyond mm-hmm. and jason you know is right but does books related to track yep. and all that and so for us like the the part in the in episode 10 now I'm, now i'm gonna do like the, the now i'm the fanboy part but yeah. you know when when they when the you know when Lavar Burton says to to Gates you know the I haven't had a chance to sync up the weapons you're going to have to fire this manually and then you see the the ship go through and it but shoots it, everything yeah. and the best part was it stops and then there's like this one boom from like a final torpedo that hits kind of like as a as a gong I mean, it's just hit. brilliant and they all look up and she's like a lot's happened in 20 years and that just <laughs> that summed that summed it up a lot's yeah, happened seriously. in the past 20 years but it um, sums up the I mean the pacing of this like because I we've read some of your other interviews right of the pacing the hits like everything just worked right like it just it's and you you had you must have had just a ridiculous amount of content i mean we've only seen what made it to release but like every every episode i know we would often talk like there's that was a lot right like there were no no i mean it i i'm not being i'm not being glib but that was a lot there were no thin episodes there were like no thin moments it never felt like there was filler and the pace you know and and trek has always done this well and i think you guys all with with season three did it especially well that that back and forth right it never felt and like like you know you listen to like you know trek movie and the others and they've they've talked about this people who know way more than we do like it never bogged down and i have to assume that must have sometimes been a challenge because just the sheer amount of 
action's the wrong word. The intensity of like a lot of of the writing and the and the the acting and this just everything, and it just it like it never paused other than when it felt like an intentional pause. Does that does that even make yes. sense? Yes. No, it it totally does. No, it totally does because um, when when we look back, like when I look back on what are the deleted scenes this season, there's not very many, really. Wow. I mean. Which is shocking, you know. Usually, you'll get to a you know a couple of scenes. Inevitably, you're like, I don't, you know, is this scene, this scene restating something? Is it is it slowing it down? Do, do we need this scene? We didn't get that very much at all with this season. I mean, testament to the writers that they, like you said, no filler. I mean, mm-hmm. so yeah, it was, it was both a challenge and also, uh, you know, it, it was nice to have that too because then you could you could kind of pace it up at spots and you weren't worried, you know, that we're going to like overpace it. And then mm-hmm. it's like, Oh no, we, you know, we don't have anything else. Um, so we could have fun with, you know, with pacing it up. But the nice thing with, with streaming is like, we didn't have, we didn't have a time to yeah, hit, right. you know, like, and that's another aspect of editing on, you know, network TV and some, you know, basic cables that usually have a time. Usually it's like mm-hmm. 43 minutes and change that you got to get it to. Some are even more extreme where you have to be within like seconds of a time. So so sometimes that can motivate your choices as far as like we're over, we need to get it to time. You know, should we just trim the scene in half? You know, we love the scene, but, you know, sometimes plot, you know, before character on, on some of those should get it to time. This, we didn't have to worry about that at all. So it was just what felt right, you know. Well, and there was times where we paced it up too much and we're like, okay, let's pull it back. Um, and there was times where it was too slow and we're like, let's, but it was, it was funny. We just kind of found it from the first, from the premiere episode, we kind of just found the rhythm of it. And then, I mean, testament to the crew and the, the directors and the DPs and everybody that they just kind of, they just fell into, into it. And so mm. the rhythm just kind of, carried through yeah. the rest of it even though you had tons to, to work with it, it's just we, we we found it early on and i think it just carried carried along i got two questions and then in my head will if i i'll ask these and then my head might explode so jason you might have to step in <laughs> but um first one so obviously i imagine you kind of have followed you know you're out on twitter you've kind of followed the twitter verse and 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 all of it as the season has progressed to hear how all of us out here in the field are taking it and everything like that how does that i mean you know we've both been music you know in in our own way we've both been musicians you more so than me from a from like a, a current perspective but you're always kind of wondering what the audience is thinking you know is that something that you know obviously you don't live and breathe by it but how how intent did you kind of watch that through the season and and through like the episodes that you were more involved in I mean, it was, I, I, for me, like sometimes it's easier to turn it off if it's, if it's not as, mm-hmm. you know, it's not as positive. Uh, thankfully this season was a lot of positive. So it was, it was very fun to, you know, watch Twitter, especially like right when they came out, when the episode would come out and right afterwards, just, just get the, the initial reactions to things. And some people tweet, like it sounds like you guys text where they're watching mid scene and then they're, they're, you know, tweeting. And it was just fun to like catch those ones. You're like, Oh, that's the point they got. Oh, I know what part they got to where they, <laughs> they tweeted that up. So this season was a blast to, to follow with some of that. Now, you know, I worked on season two as well. 
some of that was less so fun to follow uh, with some of that. So I just kind of, you know, was able to just switch that off a bit and, you know, but this season was just, it was a blast to, to, to see not only right when the episode came out, but the in-between space, the week between episodes of just hearing all the fan theories, hearing about where people thought it was going to go. People were picking up on the Easter eggs and the end title sequence about like, what does that mean? And what does the screen mean? And it says this, what is that? And that, that was, that was super cool to, to, to really see how engaged like the audience was about it. I imagine too. Yeah. And, and it's funny because Jay, from the first season, it was weird to watch Trek when someone would swear, you know, <laughs> and the first episode, the first season of Picard, when he's in the office and the Admiral drops the F-bomb on him. I mean, I think I had to pause and text Jason. I'm like, did you hear that? And, and even in this, it, it was, it was really tastefully done. Like when, when Riker yeah. has to pick up the sword and the sword drops and he, he drops the S-bomb and he goes, this is heavy. And then, you know, pulls out the gun and, and, you know, Worf's like swords are fun. I mean, even those little, the little like one-liners like that the just were, ridiculous. it was so, it was just, you know, and I'm a, I'm a Michael Dorn Worf guy. So just hearing like, even to the point where he yelled Riker, you know, you never heard Worf go that um, informal. He always would use titles. Um, so when right. I heard that the first time, that was fascinating, but I want to ask, now I'm going to digress. There's my little fanboy piece, but you took on, I read a little bit about this, but I wanted to, I wanted to t talk a bit more about it. You took on this role as an EP as well as an editor too, right? As uh, so associate producer. Associate yeah, AP, associate sorry. AP. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how yeah. did that come about and what, what added on to your, your duties or role doing? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, that was born from, you know, again, you know, Terry and I's time on 12 monkeys and, and we've done other shows after 12 monkeys before Picard together as well. Um, where I think he trusts me, especially when it comes down to, you know, in, in post-production specifically. Mm -hmm. um, so before the season started, you know, I think he knew what was at stake with this season as far as like, you're going to bring all the next gen cast together. You better be doing it right. Because if you don't, yeah. you know, you're never going to hear the end of it. And also this big giant swing of having the Borg be the enemy that you don't realize for nine tenths of the, you know, of the, of the whole season and, and to kind of, you know, give a kind of a, you know, a false villain to say, you know, she's not, I mean, Vatic has a very important role in this, but, but that you're kind of misleading the audience. So there's, there's a lot that can go wrong here. And, you know, and if it comes off the tracks, then that'll be a shame because, you know, he was feeling like there was something really special. So he was like, would you mind, like, would you want to kind of, you know, I know you got your edit, you know, your, your episodes that you're editing, but would you want to, would you mind being on all of the screenings with me through all the so episodes, cool. even if they're the episodes that are not yours um, and just being able to help edit with editorial sometimes if we get into kind of, you know, tricky spots with episodes that aren't yours to just be able to help, you know, in ways that, you know, that he felt that he couldn't, he's like, you speak the language, you know, you speak the, you know, I mean, and Terry is very well versed in the editorial language. Um, but he's like, you are in it. So, you know, so can you help with some of that? And then also, you know, he knew he was going to be directing the last two episodes, nine and 10. He's like, I'm going to be, I prep, I'm going to be away from this for a bit. Can you just be an extra set of eyes on everything? And, you know, uh, just so I can feel comfortable that post is at least, you know, 
got got some eyes over it with someone that, that I trust and, and I can talk with frankly about, you know, we can have frank discussions about what's working, what's not working, what we might need to get. Um, so that's kind of, you know, and of course he asked me before the season, I was like, so, I mean, this is the dream job. Like we're, right. you know, we're, we're doing that, like bring the band back together with this. I mean, next gen was, you know, was very much my Star mm-hmm. Trek. I mean, that's what I grew up watching, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the movies, motion pictures, or it was kind of my dad's thing. We watched those together, but like next gen was like, that was mine. So it was just like, you had to pinch yourself a bit to be like, you know, wow, I can't believe that I get to do this. The act, these characters are on my screen. And, you know, I'm, I mean, really, yeah, I'm fortunate that, that, you know, Terry asked me to do it. And I was like, absolutely. How can I help land the ship? Like that, we got to land the ship, like whatever it takes, let's do it. One more question, Jace, because I want to, I, yeah. this is more of a general one. So you've now moved to the, to the central part of the country. So you can still can you can still do the work you were doing out in LA. You could still do it remotely. Does that is that always been the case, or is it something that kind of came out yeah, from the pandemic? Ahead. Or yeah, it came from the pandemic, and uh, it really came from Star Trek: The Card season. We, we did season two and three back to back, and they were all remote, both seasons. Wow. Um, so I think it every aspect of it was remote. We all edited from home. We did. Uh, mix you know sound mixes remotely we did color timing remotely we did vfx reviews all remotely um we only got to go to the mix stage for like the last couple of episodes i think nine and ten was when we could finally go back to the mix stage and even then we had you know you're masked mm-hmm. up the whole mm-hmm. time basically and had to have you know separation so so through doing picard was that was kind of the test and i was very skeptical at first whether it was going to work or not but it worked extremely well, really, really well. And I think it worked well for everybody, Terry included. I mean, Terry would be the first guy to be like, I want to be in the room at all times. But doing that in Los Angeles means driving all over the city all the time and you have meetings and, you know, inevitably things get delayed. So this was wonderful because the the software we're using to screen, you could use on your iPad, you can use on your laptop, you can use on your phone, you could be anywhere. You just pull Incredible. it up. Here's the here's the feed from the Avid, which is you know our editing software we use, and we could watch it back, picture and videos in sync. We could draw on the screen. We could we had we could see each other. Um, so it started with Picard, and we did the, this entire season of Picard all remotely, entirely awesome. from our own houses. So yeah, it was kind Incredible. of Incredible, you know, like the yeah, like the the test yeah. for the whole yeah. thing. And you're. And you're still, wow. I mean, obviously you've, you finished this editing a while ago. We've only seen the, the finale and all that within the past 60, 75 days, you know, as we've recorded this, you've been continuing to work and work remotely as well. And it seems to be doing okay for you that it, it, the function. You know? Yeah. And then I did. Yeah. After Picard, um, I actually did a lot of the trailer work, the trailer editing, Terry. Oh, interesting. And wrote me, wrote me into, t- into trailer work and they're all remote that, that, that whole, all those departments entirely remote uh, trailer editing. So I was able to do that literally while I was moving, I was cutting trailers. Oh my God. Or uh-huh. yeah, Picard. Uh, and then I did a Disney plus pilot that was all remote. Um, you know, and I, I think there's, I think some, there's some aspects of wanting to get back to the office for some things, but, sure. uh, but yeah, I mean, I mean, really, again, you want to talk about, you know, cost savings for certain things like not having mm. edit bays in, in offices is a, is a huge, right. you know, 
is a huge cost saver for some of these productions. And some of these productions, it's like, you know, they would be happy to use that extra, that money, that right. savings for visual effects or, right. you know, set improve, you know, put it on screen kind of thing. So mm. I think it's, it's a good question going forward. I mean, obviously yeah. I'm banking on it, but I guess we'll see. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, but you're, I mean, you're not alone. I mean, how, how many people have done exactly what you've done with your family and, and go where it's good and work remotely. Yeah. And we'll see. I mean, the pendulum, I follow this just because it's my world of, and, and, you know, not necessarily in film, but just in general, this idea of working at home and working remotely. And obviously the pendulum mm -hmm. has moved a little bit, but yeah. not as much as I think what people would expect. Cause I think people are realizing you can be very productive, even potentially more so productive. I, I watched some research where yeah. people are 35% more productive at home in some areas of business, mm -hmm. you know, because they can, you know, yeah. the commute for me is, is up the stairs, you know? Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, especially in Los Angeles where, oh, you know, I would, yeah, you know, I'd go five miles to work, but it would take me 45 minutes, an hour, one way. And then, you know, yeah, if there's that thing comes up, Oh, one of the kids is sick, you know, can you come home to, mm -hmm. you know, help with something? I mean, you're talking hours that are out of your work day. Whereas here it's like, I'm just here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, go. I'll watch the other kid in the background while I'm working. And, so then, just to be clear, sorry, babe, I work on Star Trek. Does not get you out of parental duties? Uh, no, it does yeah. not. Uh, my my wife is not. She's not <laughs> the, the Trekkie at all. So it <laughs> means it doesn't move the needle at all. No, we understand uh, very we, well. We can relate. Yeah, we, we can relate. <laughs> um, oh my God, can we relate? I, um, as we start to wrap up here, so. And you actually already made a comment about this, so not asking for specifics here, but, um, you know, Star Trek Picard, that's behind us now, behind you now, um, beautiful. Um, hopefully, it won't be too much longer until they pull you in for Star Trek Legacy or whatever they're going to call it. Right, right. But I'm curious, so, I mean, if we may, wherever you're comfortable, Drew, and no further, where... Where do you go now? Where do you want to go? Like, what's next after that experience professionally and personally? Boy, that's a tough one. Because that it was, I mean, really, it was an absolute high point. And, and I don't say that lightly, because I really thought 12 Monkeys was right. might have been the high point, because the writing was just so good. And it felt like we really nailed the time travel, which... Yeah is the biggest yeah. you know it's the biggest compliment that you can get paid is when people can't really find, pull the threads of your That's time travel story yeah. i mean so yeah. i was really feeling like this might be the, like the, the pinnacle and then and then this happened and you know i think we all thought it was something special while we were doing it and uh, i mean thankfully it seems it seems like you know that the audiences responded to it as well which is amazing um i've even so, seen there being talk I'm, of 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 awards of of Picard being up for awards that I mean you know yeah and I saw I saw the Picard re, uh, it hit top ten it it broke the top ten in streaming yeah you know yeah a couple so, of couple of times yep. yeah yeah um, yeah which is amazing if it does because you usually don't really mm -hmm. hear that in the in the awards conversation so to hear that I mean it's just flattering I mean mm -hmm. you know what I mean I mean awards are great but just even being in mention and with the names of some of these other shows and, you know, things is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible, really. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'll always go wherever Terry goes. I mean, I, I love cool. Terry's sensibilities. 
uh, I'm always kind of first to be like, yo, man, whatever you got, I'm, I'm, I'm always interested to hear, you know, what you're doing because I think he's phenomenal and, I mean, wonderful human, great nice. boss, uh, and just, I think we share a lot of, you know, sensibilities with things. So it's always fun. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's a shared brainwave on a lot of it. So, which makes it easier as an editor because every project's different and it all comes with its own, yeah. you know, uh, anxieties and fears about, you know, are you going to be able to do it? You know, are you going to get it? Are you going to get this specific show? Um, and working with someone Terry like Terry just quiets all of that down because I, I know what, yeah. you know, what he's looking for. Uh, so, yeah, no, I mean, you know, right now we're in the midst of this, of this, you know, the, the writer's strike and, mm-hmm. the, you know, potentially the, you know, the SAG strike and, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to be as, you know, uh, as, uh, as much of a proponent for the writers as I can, because again, this, we don't, we don't have any of this without the writers. I mean, I right. can't, yeah. you know, I'm an editor. I'm happy to say this doesn't happen without the writers, period. Uh, they're involved through the whole process, really. I mean, you know, even once the episode's done, and it's in our edit bay. There's inevitably times where you're like, we could use some ADR to help, you know, fix a plot hole. Yeah, yeah. What, you know, what do you got? Or with Star Trek, because all the screens are, you can read all the screens. So somebody's writing all the copy for all of that. And it is like encyclopedias worth of copy that are on some of these screens. And a lot of that is, you know, the writers and the writer's assistants and that they'll just, they'll write all this stuff. So, yeah. um, so yeah, I'm just being as much a proponent for the WGA as I can right now. Hopefully they, you know, hopefully they get what they need and we can all go for doing the thing that we all want to do. You know, mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like we all want to just tell more cool stories. So hopefully and we, we all want we to, all and we want to watch them. Hey, just, uh, <laughs> just, okay. Really my, my last question. I know Jason laughs. Is the drum kit out? Is the Not drum yet. Kit out? It will be. I, it will be. No, yeah, that's that's the other point of the office is that I'm, you know, building down my basement is to have my, I have an electronic kit now. I sold my oh, acoustic okay. kit, which was, it was hard. Uh, I kept all my cymbals because my cymbals I had amassed over like, you know, 20 years of playing drums. Oh, uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not giving these, they have too much sentimental value. But yeah, so I have my electronic kit. It's getting set up in my office. I cannot wait for that to happen because i've been just itching to play so badly but it's going to be edit, amazing do you, do you record do any editing with that do you ever record and edit just for the for the sake of it you know what? it's funny i did on one thing yeah i plugged my my just to get a, a drum sound for like a temp thing i did do that i i'll be curious if i i might actually because it'll be right there you know i i can just hook it right up to my edit system so <laughs> for tempting sometimes I I might actually do that, yeah, and then and then I'll laugh when the composer is like, "Who's this Joker?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <doing> the drums. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Thank you so much for spending time with us. This is, I mean, we just a to, pleasure and fascinating. And if you're willing, we you know, I we I did I didn't do as good a job as Jason, but we'd love to talk more about Picard at some point and have you back on if you're willing. Well, just even you know, editing, my God, and editing. I mean, there's so many questions. I wrote some down that I would love to ask at some point um, again, just because I think this is a whole area. Those of us that are the consumers of the content, yeah. I mean, it, sometimes it's good for us to remember all the work it takes 
yeah. for well, that it, content for us to see it in the I mean, way we love talking it. to you through this evening like this it it allows me i think it allows us to look back on numerous shows right and 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 start to question okay look at how much more intentional this was than right we ever imagined like just seeing <clears throat> seeing some of the magic beyond the obvious of oh yeah you've got actors oh yeah you've got a director with a vision whatever that is right but talking to you this really i, I mean like i think of some of these shows now differently than i did an hour ago this is just absolutely fascinating yeah. oh that's awesome i'm 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 glad to hear i mean and that's you know as an editor myself watching that's i'm always yeah. wondering the same things you know why why did they cut to that person during that bit why, you know, what was that choice made? Interesting, you know, yeah. and file that away. That must mean something. So, yeah, it's fun to it's fun to play the game for me too. Uh, when I'm it? just watching for fun, but I'm 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 so glad. Uh, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad that it's it's interesting because I'm I'm so close uh -huh. to it that you know I never know if it's just you know just just nonsensical, uh, you know. <laughs> Oh, no, no, not no, no, so no, this is this is eye opening. Thank you so much for spending time with us. Absolutely. I know it's funny every time we finish an interview and we we um, record this, you always say, OK, you know how you're going to start. And I just I just said <laughs> you like a sec couple seconds ago. I'm yes. like, yeah, pretty much. I'm just going to say, whoa. Um, oh. Yeah. I mean, wow. Um, hearing him talk about, you know, I, I like hearing, and I think, I think it honestly, I think what maybe makes our show attractive to people to join, we could have just spent the whole time talking about Star Trek. And we did but, spend considerable time. We did. But, but hearing his story, I was fast. You, we both were fascinated because he talks about moving out West. He wanted to be a drummer in a rock band mm -hmm. and how that transitioned into now what he's doing now and hearing that story and the the, tra the travel along that way um into a into a career that that has always fascinated me but i had no idea how someone would get into doing it and you can hear you can hear our wonderment if you will in yeah. the chat in our coffee talk as you had pitched it to him because it was so new to us i mean it really like i like we were saying before the interview i remember going upstairs uh after the interview and after we had finished talking with him offline off air i should say and it was just like like a, a, a bit more of the world opened up because i was unaware of any of this yeah i mean there's a, there's a um I, you know, I'm not going to take credit. There's an article out there, an interview with him. And um, he talks about this in the show. But I, just to be honest with you, you know, when um, they were working on Picard, he wanted they they said, go out and make it cool. Terry and, and then yeah. said, go out and make it cool. And he started looking at trying to find old Locutus footage. Yeah. So he and his assistant editor were out there pulling up old footage because yeah. they wanted that as background transitional material. Right. See, hearing those stories. Fascinating. You know, we we watched the completed product. Mm. I don't think I I for for we know it takes a lot of work. We just didn't know what kind of work it took. And editing is the kind where 
you don't see it. If it's yeah. well done, but it's not like right. And and now editing for television and film, mm-hmm. not not writing, right? Yeah. Not a book. Editing for television and film, it's not the writing, it's not the acting, it's not the directing, it's not the producing. But like Drew explained, um, I mean, like you know, I like he, you know, the couple times in the interview, like when he mentioned, quote, Terry or, quote, Patrick. And of course, mm-hmm. our jaws are dropping and we're trying not to be obvious. But the editor, as we learned, interacts with all of these people, gets a sense of them and of what they're looking for, especially in terms of producers, and yeah. then and then orders it and then might offer up multiple takes on the same theme for the producers to decide it it really yeah i think to your point brad it's it makes me appreciate the shows we watch and love even more whether it's picard or strange new worlds or hashtag save prodigy or um as we're as this is coming to air um we're now in the beginning of ahsoka Something I had mm-hmm. been looking very, very I have forward been waiting to. for this one. Big time. Big time. I, I we'll just leave it there for now. We'll be yeah. talking more about this. But um to then think about the editor or editors who are then tying all of these cuts together. Um yeah. and I mean Drew was so humble about it, but oh man. Yeah, I just you know it having someone on like that who we haven't we have never talked to someone who's been in that role independent of the fact that he was an editor and associate producer for a show that we loved independent of that we've never talked to someone who's done editing work like that and even if he hadn't been doing the work with picard and everything like that He's still such a fascinating story. Drew, you were a fascinating story. You are a fascinating person. And thank you so much. You're so humble and so kind to me. Yeah, thank you so much. Since we've hit episode 100, instead of doing um, a GM corner, um, you brought it up, and it's a great idea. Um, What's next with dice and mind there's lots of little things we, we we've launched our new voyages um yeah stories yeah. out on youtube and on tiktok if you're not mm-hmm. a tiktok person i get it you can get YouTube them on youtube mm-hmm. but um what are your thoughts you know for the next 100 yeah for raw thoughts about where we're going to go next i mean you and i have talked you and i have talked some about this but honestly, I'm not sure we've had a really intentional, in-depth conversation about this. And it's been it's been timing more than yeah. anything, right? Um, you know, summer break, uh, we we were both busy-ish. I had stuff that was drawing my attention. Uh, and, and I was supposed to come up there, but I, I, I had some stuff come up and I wasn't able to make it up there to see you this summer. Um, and we had planned on talking about it then too so it's just been it's when when we've been able to get together we've been rolling the dice with captain's log yeah prior to that we were rolling the dice with the adventures we were doing in sda yeah we're still coming Um, back to that 
Yeah. yeah. We've been recording new voyages. Mm-hmm. We've been doing interviews and recording the material for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We've so to- we've toyed with the idea of writing. And and you know everybody what what we found toward that toward that note is is there more writing to come probably but right now the writing is mm-hmm. manifesting as Star Trek New Voyages we found mm-hmm. courtesy of um, courtesy of Michael Dismuk and the gang with Modiphius the Captain's Log book the Captain's Log source book if you will. Um, that provided us with the missing tool set to really get into writing for a while. What, where, where are we going next? Well, uh, with episode 100 today, uh, we actually have already recorded out through 104, which puts us through October. So I can tell everybody exactly where we're going for the next almost two months. I'm not going to. Rest assured. And I know hey, we all say this, hey, but it Michael looks really and Jim good. actually did invite us to join them on their podcast, Continuing Conversations. That's right. And so as this as this drops, we'll have just had that conversation. Yeah, um, so, and and yeah. and got disinvited from any future conversations. That is uh, that is exactly <laughs> how I assume. <laughs> yeah, this is is this thing on? That's exactly yeah. how I assume it's going to go. Where are we going to go next? Um, that's something honestly that. Brad, you and I need to talk about, I think, I mean, we're definitely on the same wavelength. There are, there are people we would like to invite and chat with, um, who 50 episodes ago, 75 episodes ago, 99 episodes ago, we wouldn't have even dared consider inviting. But over the next year, almost certainly will. We've reached, I mean, let's be honest, we've, we've tended to reach up to see if people would join the podcast, to join us for an episode. Mm -hmm. And 99% of the time they've said yes, which let's be honest, in some cases shocked us. Definitely. Definitely. We're going to continue to reach up Mm -hmm. and see if people would join us for our humble little show. That's right. We, we are going to continue to talk with creatives, with thinkers, with makers, with scholars. We, and we'll see how Dyson Mind evolves over the next set of 100 episodes. But I think it's fair to say, what, can, what is fair to say with some certainty now? The interviews will continue. The bi-weekly format will almost certainly continue for the foreseeable future. It works really well for us. We really want to bring you all high-quality, interesting episodes. Uh, We seek to continue to branch out, to diversify the games and publishers and thinkers with whom we speak. We are always looking for interesting people, whether they are well-known or barely known. Um, and, you know, to that to that effect, if any of you out there know of people you would love to hear on Dyson Mind, drop us a note, email us, hit us up on Twitter, just DM us. Um, we're all of our contact info is in the show notes always every time yep mm-hmm. um we uh you know we 100 episodes ago we spent a lot of time trying to figure out how could we monetize 
a podcast. A hundred episodes in, we don't care. No. So um, we never actually cared, but we really don't care now. So um, the our focus pay, our payment is talking to these. Oh man, and, and the education we get from meeting with these folks, um, that's gold. Brad, speaking of gold, uh, to close us out, where do you see us going as a podcast? I can't. I think you've. I think you've hit it on the head. We've got there's games and material coming out here over the next now through the next 52 weeks creative yep. stuff um we've already got a list of folks that um we're going to have on or have back on um yep you know i think to be honest with you the new voyages stuff gives us a vehicle to play mm -hmm. um and to write and to write and to play around with with media a media type and a distribution channel that we never thought we'd ever use other than for your cosplay videos um <laughs> so if you want to see jason and spider-man tights check out no i'm kidding there's um, nothing right about what you just said <laughs> no there isn't i think i think you summed it up i think we have we've talked about lots of different ideas um that are let's be honest down the road i think yeah. for the moment more fascinating folks mm -hmm. um that we always find interesting and we know from the feedback of folks they find interesting as well um drew nichols was just the latest one fascinating and fascinating. And, of, and a long line of just interesting folks you know i'm gonna let you close it out but just one more time thank you to everybody who has um joined us for an episode and who listens to us um you know, Jason and I watch the numbers and it's not like two or three people are listening, which is kind of what we were hoping for after about 20 episodes. Um, and it's not know. like the world is listening to us, no. but our, our, our numbers continue to grow and we are confident they will continue to do so. And that's because of the wonderful people who spend time with us and all of you wonderful people who want to listen to us spending time with all of them. Thank you for the past 100 episodes. As always, be well, stay well. We'll see you in a couple of weeks.